Hello everybody and welcome to the latest Liverpool Blood Red podcast with me, Ian Doyle. Joining me today is our full-time Liverpool reporter, both home and away, James Pearce. Hiya, Jay. Hello, Ian. And also with me is our LFC editor, Andrew Kelly. Hi, Andy. Hi, Ian. And and, the, uh, sorry. I'm not fresh from the red carpet as some round the table have been. No, James, this is in reference to the premiere on Wednesday night of Kenny, which is the uh, new cinematic experience, a film on Kenny Dogbeach's life and times. It is just of his time at Liverpool primarily, isn't it? Yeah. it? Yeah. Um, now, James was on the red carpet as a specially invited guest who watched a very special screening. Andy was, where were you? At home? Were you? I was at home, I think. At home, and I was with all the rest of the press, just trying to get exclusive interviews with the likes of James Pearce. I did manage to get a few seconds with you, Jay. Lovely, <laughs> lovely. It was, well. it was actually, yes, lovely, lovely tie you had on as well. Thank you very much. Uh, now, since then, you've actually come back and actually started doing some work again, uh, which included going to the press conference today, Friday afternoon, one o'clock. Uh, J- uh, James Klopp, I nearly called him then. Um, Jürgen Klopp was uh, speaking to the media, head of the game against Southampton. Uh, first things first, we obviously had a health scare in, in midweek. What did he have to say about that, Jay? Um... Yeah, I mean, he was he was keen to very much play it down. Um, he, he made made a joke out of it, as I think you'd probably expect from him. Um, said that you know he's absolutely fine. He said I'm not ill. Um, you know, I think ideally he would have kept his hospital visit well under wraps, but he said you know that went out the window when he uh, when the the security guy uh, you could hear him on, on the walkie-talkie to his, his mate, and, and he heard had heard it come through on the walkie-talkie that uh, Jurgen Klopp's here and. Uh, <laughs> So I think the club then felt that uh, you know obviously they they'd have to have to, have to uh, make it public. Um, but he said, you know, he, he said he, he he felt absolutely fine. Of course, he he just missed the one day's training at Melbourne on on Wednesday. He took the session on Thursday. Same again today. So it was yeah, very much from Klopp a case of you know insisting it was business as usual. And he's he's absolutely uh, right as rain. Was he in jolly good spirits? He was. He was. Yeah. Yeah. He. he um, he dealt with everything very well that was thrown in his direction. Um, you know, it's one of you've got a lot to be positive about at the moment. You know, especially with the the way that the um, you know the injuries have, have cleared up. Um, you know, we know that Sadio Mane was back in full training Thursday um, at Melwood. Um, obviously, Lallana's come through a full week. He talked about um, you know, having to almost hold him back a little bit because he said he's so desperate to get back playing again. Um, said you know it just wasn't realistic to, to start him uh, on on Saturday, but we may well see him coming off the bench. Of course, Coutinho is fit again, having missed that West Ham game. Same with same with Jordan Henderson. Um, so uh, yeah, it's a it's a very nice headache he's got actually going into this this game against Saints. Now, Andy, you always uh, when we talk about you know, permutations and player sorry, Jurgen Klopp having a certain amount of players, how's he going to fit them all into the into the team? You always say that the season always sorts it out the Premier League season because players pick up injuries and whatnot. It's very unusual we get to a, a you know a position like now where nearly everybody's fit. It is, it is part Klein apart obviously, and we're not expecting him till mid February. Everybody would appear. I mean, Klopp said that the Mane uh, decision would be made later today, but um, so we understand that he was back in training yesterday, um, and that would imply to me that um, both that he's. We'll see him in the starting lineup tomorrow, and, and secondly, that there wasn't really much wrong with him when he came back from Senegal. Um, that that trip worked out well for Senegal in terms of beating South Africa into the World Cup finals, and for Liverpool in terms of getting their player back. Uh, apparently, feeling a little bit of his old hamstring problem that had kept him out, but seemingly 
nothing too serious. So uh, that's fantastic news. The squad, the squad looks good, and and this is what what we need. And we've mentioned it a few times in pods that you know I mentioned at the start of the season we needed Liverpool to get in a situation where very expensive players earning unbelievable amounts of money are sat on the bench, and that because that's what a good team has. Uh, that's what a very good team has, and Liverpool right now should have that. If you look at midfield in particular, if you assume that the front three in first-choice games, Mane, Firmino, Salah, the midfield area, Coutinho, Lallana, Henderson, Chan, Oxlade-Chamberlain, Wijnaldum. Wijnaldum, there's six for three places if you're looking at a 4-3-3. So um, that's exactly what we need, competition for places and and the ability to rotate without disrupting the quality. And I think that's where this squad is a bit different than we've seen you know, in previous years. We've had people to come in, but you always felt that there were people who maybe we can get away with, not people who actually should be at similar level. Well, James, it seems like the season's already gone on forever. <laughs> when the reality is, I think it's 12 games? 11 12, games. 11, yeah. It's 11 yeah. Premier League games, which isn't that many when you, over the course of a whole season. And Adam Lallana might be back now. I mean, he's somebody who's obviously been missing from the... Uh, from I think he got injured up in, in, in Munich, wasn't it, during the during the Audi Cup. He's not been seen since then. But he's been on schedule. He was always due to be back late November after this international break. Here he is. I mean, would you be tempted to throw him straight in or is there absolutely, as Andy's just pointed out, there's absolutely no point in even doing no, that? No, there's just, just, just no need, is there? I think it would be different if if um, he had other key personnel missing. Um, you know, There might have been that temptation, but no, with, especially with the schedule Liverpool have got coming up because... The Lana is going to be very important to them, but um, you know I don't I, I don't necessarily think they need him to beat Southampton on Saturday. I, I was looking at the fixtures. I think it's it's thirteen games between now and January the first. Um, yeah, we spoke about this before we go any further. We spoke about this on the last podcast. You were you were away having a rest, a well deserved rest at that as well. Now Christian Walsh seems to think that he's never known anything like this ever. But I was pointed out it's like this almost every season. Certainly this time of yeah, year. Yeah, when you're in Europe, I mean yeah. it was obviously different when Liverpool. Had a season without European competition, didn't they? But um, but of course, you know, it was it was when they faced a really tough schedule last season that you know a few players dropped off, the lack of depth was exposed, and um, it you know obviously at the moment you, know, you hope it's not famous last words, but it, the squad does look better equipped to cope um, than it did last season. Um, you know, yeah, I think I think it, it's going to be intriguing actually when that team sheet drops tomorrow because. He's almost got big decisions everywhere because, you know, I think if we, if we went through what you would go with, you know, at centre-half, what does he do? Because Clavan didn't really do much wrong before the international break, but, you know, the fact that he he picked Lovren in, in the wake of that Tottenham uh, defeat and then obviously Lovren dropped out, you know, very late notice against Huddersfield shows that he was going to put him back in. Now, does he now bring Lovren back in? Lovren's gone away with Croatia. They qualified for the World Cup, didn't they? So... Boost for him. He's come back on a high. Um, does he go with Lovren and, and Matip? I think probably. Uh, obviously, Moreno pick, always picks himself. But then there's Gomez. Been... Same as Gomez. Gomez, as well. yeah. I think you know him and Solanke both have come back. Obviously, buzzing after their exploits with England. I think, I think probably Gomez at right back. But then mid midfield's going to be you know as Andy's rattled off those names. Then you know Liverpool won very impressively against West Ham before the international break without Henderson in there, without Coutinho. Um, 
personally, I think I'd probably put both of them back in. Um, and I think you know, maybe maybe those two with Chan. Um, but you know, that would be harsh on Wijnaldum missing out. And then I'd certainly go with the front three, you know, the, the, the first choice front three of Mane, Salah, Firmino. But then, of course, that means no place for Oxley chamberlain who, who scored on his full Premier League debut at West Ham. So some big, big calls for, for him to make. Um, but I, he'll, he'll also have one eye definitely on, and he wouldn't have said it today, but he'll definitely have one eye on Tuesday night against Sevilla as well. And I think you know, he, he'll think that he can probably make three, four, maybe even five changes um, and, and still have a lineup more than good enough to win both those games. I mean, this is exactly as you said then, uh, Andy, what Jurgen Klopp would have wanted because you could almost extend this out to almost every single position on that pitch, as James has just said. There is a composition for that place, whether it be directly or indirectly. You know, you look at Mane playing on, on the left, you could say Coutinho could play there. You know, and, and even the goalkeeping situation, while we know that Mignolet is, is the number one, Carries plays in the Champions League. He'll be yeah. playing on Tuesday. So, and he'll always have this opportunity to impress. This is what he's always wanted. Is this now a, a new test for Jurgen Klopp in the sense that this is the first time he's had proper options? Now it's... We've talked about this on Monday, I think it was, about horses for courses. Yeah, yeah, but it's the sort of test... This is the easy test, do you know what I mean? This is this is the soft lads test, do you know what I mean? This you know, this is this is class D's test. Uh not you know, the the tough bit is is when when you've got thirteen fit and nobody a couple of them you don't really want to use, you know, the, the, he's got a, I hesitate to call it an embarrassment of riches, but he has what he would want, virtually a fully fit squad. As I say, he even in the press conference today didn't even didn't want to dwell on his luck of having people fit because he was like I know that half an hour after I say it, I'll go in training and someone will get an injury and we know that will happen you know this is why as I say the season looks after itself so um, he there may only be two or three games this start of this run where he's got all those players available because he'll play those three games there may be a couple of them he'll want to play virtually the same side and uh, you know you would think the European game is the one that he might you know have take a slightly different approach um, but you know, people will pick up knocks, suspensions, everything else. You know, who who saw Mane being out for three games with a red card? You know, that didn't, didn't enter anyone's. Plus, the other thing, it also means that if players go off form, they can just get jibbed. They can get straight they, off. Yeah, but That's the also thing that remarkably, players go a little less off form when. They've got it's incredible. Bit, they become a bit, little less injured as yeah, well, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. When when their mate Billy standing in the queue <laughs> yeah. behind them, do you know what I mean? And uh, and this is if you you know you're talking about someone for every position. Probably the only two situations we have that weakness is centre half in terms of you know we're talking there about playing Lovren or or um, Clavan. Um, you know, for some people, that's not not a great choice, shall we say? Whoever but it's still, you go but with, the point is, it's still a choice. It's, it's still, it's still, you're still getting probably, you know, a reasonable six out of ten centre half, aren't you? And and then probably at centre forward is probably the other one. And even then, you're only going down to a second choice. Say, Firmino went out of Daniel Sturridge, who's a you know a prominent England mm. international and a man whose fitness. We were all obsessed with for about at least twelve to eighteen months, weren't we? Um, he's now become almost like a more of a horses for courses player, isn't he? Uh, and then hopefully up and coming, we've got England international Dom Solanke, um, which 
you know, he, he hasn't done anything in club football to warrant an England cap, Solanke, let's get that straight. But he obviously is in the England setup, well known to Gareth Southgate. And clearly, if you work through that process, um, you've got a chance no matter what happens. Uh, and he, you know, Southgate trusts him because of what he's done down the England age groups. Yeah, Dominic Solanke, James, an England appearance, an England cap without having ever started a Premier League game. What I mean, without wishing to dwell on him as an individual, what does that tell you about international football? Or England? Well, yeah, I think it tells you how small the, the talent pool is that, that Southgate has to to pick from at the top level. I think. I think also it was, it's it's more with one eye on the future, isn't it? Yeah. Rather than rewarding him for what he has achieved, I think it was more a case of, as Andy said, Southgate knows him well. You know, he's come up through the the age ranks. You know, he was part of the the England under twenties that won the World Cup back in the summer, um, and he's someone that, that they have you know massive hopes for. And I think they thought that you know with the way that. Other names had, had dropped out. Um, it was a good opportunity to look to the future, and um, you know, certainly that experience will, will, will do him the do him the world of good. It'd be you know it'd be interesting to see now whether he can come back and really um, push on. Because I think obviously his only start so far has been that League Cup defeat at Leicester. Um, he did okay. Didn't yeah, he? He did, he did yeah, okay. he did. Okay. Yeah, he did okay. I mean, and, he, and he's come off the bench. Hasn't he? I think he's got ten appearances altogether. Obviously, the other nine as a as a sub. He had a crucial role, albeit sort of. Um, we got a bit of luck against Crystal Palace, Palace, Palace wasn't he? You know, he was yeah. in there and helped us get the goal. But I think Jan Mulby uh, said in his uh, column in the Echo today, just needs a goal for Liverpool to give him a sort yeah. of kick start, and he can see him, you know, hopefully going on from there. And that would be, you know, that would be a real boost to him. And uh, you would think he's going to get the time to deliver. Because what you can say is, when he is on the pitch, things tend to happen around yeah. him. Don't that's a that's a happy knack to have. That means he's getting in the right positions, doesn't it? You know, these things don't happen by accident. If you're not, a, you know, a talented top-level footballer, we think, oh, that's luckily fallen to him. Yeah, well, it might have, but he was the only one who ran in, hoping that the keeper would fumble it, or he's in the the right place when the ball comes in. And top-class strikers do that, and you know, we very much hope that he can become that. He's, you know, he's not anywhere close to, you know, being, you know, real top-level Premier League striker yet. We but. There is the thought that, given what he has done at lower international level, that he has the quality that he can do that. Now, he was one of several Liverpool players who made an appearance at Wembley. I mean, you had Philip Coutinho and Roberto Firmino for Brazil, but the man of the match was actually Joe Gomez making his first international uh, start for England. He managed to keep old Neymar quiet. Uh, he, he did, and you know what? It was um, not, It's not often... You sit there and go, well, he's got that one absolutely spot on in terms of the pundits at, at the, on the on the ITV coverage. But Glenn Hoddle gave him man of the match, and it was the easiest decision you know you'd ever make. He was, you just kept waiting for him to do something wrong, and the, the, there was like maybe about a couple of misplaced passes, but he was really really good. And I was just thinking next, sorry, um, the next Wednesday, I think it is. It's a year since. Um, I know I go on about temperatures at games a bit too much in these pods, but uh, James... <laughs> He's off again. James, Just wear more clothes. Well, wear more clothes. Are you going to mention the Lancashire Senior Club? I'm going to lie, James and I... <laughs> so I think there was 86,000 at Wembley. At the Lancashire oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Even if you add up all the finals in, in ever. In the glory days. In the history of the competition, days. still wouldn't get to 86,000. Yeah. No, there's 86,000 at Wembley watching Gomez against Brazil and... Um, I reckon it was about eight point six people because I think yeah. I was I'd shriveled into point six. Um, at the Lanx, sure, are you sure about that? <laughs> the Lanx Senior Cup. I think it was second round. It was the first game that Liverpool had played because they came in at later round. But uh, and it, 
anyway, to get to the point, it was that was Joe Gomez a year ago next week. Um, and James and I were on the sideline watching his comeback. And um, in the Lank Senior Cup, and he played three at the back. And I was, uh, I was actually rereading the match. Sacco and Alori, weren't they? I think, I think Sacco and Alori were, were his partners in crime. It's definitely and, the most expensive back line that's ever graced the Lancashire Senior Cup. <laughs> uh, yeah, or probably the front pitch at Kirby. But uh, <laughs> the, uh, um, he got an assist that night and he, he did well. But we saw a lot of them. This is why the three at the back, we saw him play a lot of that for the under 23s under uh, Mick Garrity last, last yeah. season. So it's a system he's well used to, but um, he, he looks like a player determined to make up for lost time, doesn't he? He's not going to let... If, say, Gomez's career had sort of taken the path he would have wanted, got into the Liverpool team under Rodgers, whatever, kicked on, Klopp arrived, he went on, and he got into the England team, you can imagine he might have gone into that England team and been nervous and, you know, I'm not quite sure I'm, I deserve to be here and all that stuff. When you've been through what he's been through of a year's massive rehabilitation from an ACL and then a full year really of trying to play himself back into form because we saw a lot of him last season and he wasn't the player he is now. But by he had a the, long the bad Achilles up. injury, didn't he? He was, he had he was on, the, on the verge right. of a comeback and then you know, and that was absolutely devastating. For the amount of times that happens though when players are out for ages and when they're getting near or they just something else, get, something else happens. Yeah, yeah and then, I mean, to be honest, I have a little bit of that fear for Klein and his back because the, you know, the well, back... Well, maybe that's already, I mean, yeah. already happened, that's why Could he's have, having a second operation. But the back, the, no, the back operation, obviously, sorry. you know, connects to so many other bits of the body, but, um, you know, fingers crossed, uh, touching wood here, that doesn't happen. But, uh, yeah, Gomez, you know, great performance at Wembley and interesting to see now when, when and if Klopp will be able to get him into a centre-half position. Now, I'm glad you mentioned that about the centre-half and about the pundits, because somebody, I can't remember which one it is, so you'll have to excuse me, said that because Gomez has done that against Neymar, Gareth Southgate will go, well, he's done it against the best players, so I don't have to worry about him. But it doesn't quite work like that at club level, does it? Because just because somebody has one good game, that doesn't yeah. make them... Yeah, and also it was a friendly, wasn't yeah. it? It's not, it wasn't much on but the line. But the point I'm going to make is, what would, does he have to do at Liverpool now to prove that he can be the centre-back? Because that's... Ideally, he's where he'll want to play. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's just how much trust Klopp has got in him to do that job, isn't it? I think it's awkward for Klopp at the moment because I think, you know, he spoke today at Melwood about how, um, you know, he, 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 he was asked, you know, is Gomez ready to play centre-half for Liverpool? He said, yeah, of course he's ready. He said, you know, if there's areas he needs to improve on, but he's ready. And the great thing for us is he can play two different roles. I think I think one one thing is he's wary about Putting too many too many demands on him after the injuries injuries that he had, I think they're, they're still not, not managing it as such because he's he's pain free. But I think they're just, they just they don't want to overburden him, and that that's why he's done this thing with the right back spot where he's alternated it between uh, him and Trent. And you know I know some people say we'll play Gomez at centre half, um, you know on Saturday, and then you could play Trent right back. But then I think. I think I think Klopp at the moment thinks that you know you probably can't expect Gomez to play three games a week. Um, so then you know, you, and the same goes for Trent. So then you've got the issue in midweek. What do you do? Um, so yeah, I think he will undoubtedly be- become a centre half for Liverpool. I think, but he he's still very what was he twenty twenty? He's twenty, isn't he? Yeah. It's, you know, there aren't there aren't many twenty year old centre halves in the Premier League or any elite league around Europe. It's yeah. I mean. We're... And we're worrying here about a, a run-off 13 games running up to the end of the year. 
you know, really, Klopp's looking at a run of games for the next six years, isn't he? You know, ultimately, that's what he wants Joe Gomez yeah. to be starting centre half, you know, alongside, you know, possibly one of the ones who's there now and possibly, you know, a new arrival sometime soon. And um, you, you, you just get that impression that Joe Gomez is ready now to, to go and be a player. And he'll make, he'll make mistakes. Young defenders will make mistakes. You, you can't be... They, that's how they get better and, uh, you know, they'll be in the wrong place. And we saw we saw from Gomez recently, you know, getting out-muscled by Lanzini. Or, I mean, the only game, is it the only game he's played at centre-back this season was Leicester, wasn't it, in the League Cup, I think. That's right, isn't it? Uh, well, he obviously went there, didn't he, against Tottenham. That's right, well, when, yeah. when Lovren got taken off. That didn't go particularly well. Uh, although, to be fair, the game was gone, probably. But exactly, yeah. yeah. The first half at Leicester, I seem to recall, he did quite well. Second half yeah. was a bit more difficult. I think, was, was it his header that didn't? Or I can't remember. There was there was there was something. May 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 played somebody off that. But you know he's learning. He's still learning the trade, as, as Andy says. Yeah, especially when you think you know he's twenty, but he you know, he essentially missed yeah, two so years. Like of he's eighteen, football, really. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Because he had that amazing first period when he first came to the club. When remember that summer, you know, Rogers was talking about potentially sending him out on loan, and then he did that well in pre-season. He, he walks into the the team and played left back, didn't he? Initially, yeah. mm-hmm. um, and then obviously the injury issues which you know, were absolutely devastating for him so and then even I remember even last summer in pre-season Klopp spoke about how Gomez was that determined during his rehab that he actually made himself far too bulky by spending far too much time in the gym doing upper body work where I think Klopp's quote was you only need muscles like that if you're at the beach not to not to play football so he actually had to lose some of that lose some of that muscle and um, because I think he found it was it was you know, wasn't great for his mobility. Um, but it, yeah, he's, he's is that your got, excuse? Yes, yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> and we're seeing that. that's also that, your excuse. That, that, that's what that's what he's got back this season. Yeah. He didn't when we were watching him last season in the twenty three. He's he got his, a bit slow. He's got a bit, yeah. bit of pace back, yeah. and that's obviously come from losing some of that bulk. And that's um, but I, I think when we're talking about positions, Jim says started at left back under Rogers, been playing right back uh, mostly, centre half still at England under twenty ones, and now obviously in the senior team, all. All that moving around will will massively help his understanding of because the centre back is sort of like where the controlling influence of a defence should be, and but he now understands what's going through the head. Hopefully, and I'm not sure anyone wants to get inside <laughs> the head of that Alberto Moreno, <laughs> but he he should understand what's going through the head of his left back and what's going through the head of his his right back in terms of threat, where they want to be, what they might do next. Because he'll have been there himself, and he'll know the issues that are confronting them on the pitch from where he is, where you get the full view of the pitch at centre back. Now, because they're playing, I was going to say just just one final thing on Gomez. I think obviously a lot of young players in his position after the week he's had, you'd maybe be be a bit concerned about, you know, how will he handle all of that? Um, You know, all the attention, you know, man of the match against Brazil, all the plaudits that have been thrown his way. But do you know what? I don't think I've ever met a a more down-to-earth, humble young pro than him. You know, he's, he's just, uh, you know, never met any. You, know, you, you talk to people at the academy or, or Melwood, you know, all the staff there, and you know, no one has got a, a bad word to say about Joe Gomez. You know, he's he's a really lovely young lad, and I think that's why seeing him do so well this season just is is all the more rewarding as well because you kind of know how much effort he's put into it, what it means to him. And just you know, he's got where he is through absolute hard graft and making the most of his talent. 
Now, obviously, playing all these games, all these centre-backs are going to get a game, basically, between now and, and January, which takes us, and we're going to have to talk about him, Virgil van Dijk. He is going to be at Anfield on that Saturday, playing for Southampton. be interesting to see, I'm going to say what kind of reception he gets, but I think it's more, <laughs> not so much that, but it's more... If will he, he, will he celebrate against the future <laughs> yeah, club? It's if he, you, know, you know what fans are like. If he gets subbed or he does something well, will they start doing that whole overly clapping for them? You know exactly what I'm on about Oh, here. yeah. The, the yeah world, you know exactly, I'm, what, you know exactly I'm, what I'm talking I'm about pretty, here. I'm pretty I'm convinced that. that. There's going to be some kind of show of appreciation. Like he'll do a good sliding tackle and the whole crowd will go, like, give, it, give it the old applause and everything, even when they should be going, you know. You know, for me, though, why did you lose that ball kind of thing? Yeah. I mean, if, he goes, a of if he goes and scores from a corner two minutes from time and wins the game for them, they'll be, they'll be apparently giving them giving two pennies worth, I'm sure. But hopefully, the ideal scenario for anyone on the cop t- on Saturday is... He gets injured in the first minute? No. Van, but, but, he doesn't get way, picked. I'll give you one. The, ideal, the ideal thing if for he, the press is he doesn't play. If he gets a, if he gets a niggle on Saturday morning and doesn't play, the deal's already done, as far as I'm concerned. That is it. Well, you were showing the deal a couple of months back. I remember you sitting there going, this is what Klopp wants to say. Well, the, the, I have no, I have no doubt. I have no doubt that the 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 mythical plan B that that Klopp refused to entertain was because that he believed he will get Virgil Van Dijk. Mm. Absolutely, Jurgen Klopp is a, you know, you don't need to spend very long in his company to know he's a very very intelligent chap. So it's not he hasn't gone there and thought, hmm, I couldn't get Van Dijk. What could I do now? Oh, oh, I could get another one, and then thought, and then thought oh no, I'm not going, not going, not going to do that. He's he clearly thinks he can get him, and you know whatever noises were coming out of Southampton this week. Well, I was, uh, I was going to ask you about that. You know, is is this just perhaps Pellegrino just covering his back for when or if something happens in January? Well, you see, the best thing that happened for Liverpool is that people, and this is the reason that there's not this sort of there's not huge intensity around Van Dijk. Um, I don't think this week is that. In the transfer window, when people aren't playing football, these they almost take on this aura of of being a god. Um, and I think that happened with Van Dijk. His price was going up by about five million every week, and it was almost like you know this colossus will 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 you know goals don't go in. And then he came back from injury, and lo and behold, he he wasn't quite the player he was. Um, Straight away, give away a penalty in his first game, didn't he? Silly one at that, and he's he's gradually getting himself back. He's obviously played both the internationals for Holland and the international break, and you know he, he'll he'll get back. I'm sure to being, you know, the player that that we all looked at and thought we'd love to have at Anfield, and he will get. I think there will be a temptation for the crowd to um, try and make him aware of how much they'd be keen for him to arrive. But I do think, you know, the crowd are there to support Liverpool and ideally for them, it would be a fantastic, heroic, glorious failure from from Virgil van Dijk as he clears 10 off the line but can't get to the other seven. (laughs) James, will you be cheering for for Virgil van Dijk from the press box? No, 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 I won't. I think Klopp was, I mean, it was interesting, obviously Klopp, was asked about it today. Um, he was asked about you know the events of the summer when obviously Liverpool had to issue that apology after being accused of tapping him up. Um, and he was asked about the, the potential of putting another bid in January. And I think he did what you'd expect him to do. Just, just laughed it all off and and wouldn't be drawn on it. Although he did say that you know he hopes he hopes that Van Dijk will have a very difficult afternoon on Saturday. And I think that's what every Liverpool fan will want. Um, 
you know, Liverpool even, haven't even scored against Southampton in the last four meetings, and they've suddenly become a bit of a a bogey team for them. Um, you know, and obviously, you know, Klopp also spoke about you know, the game at Anfield back in May. You know, left a bit of a sour taste for him with Fraser Forster's antics mm. when James Milne had that, had the penalty, and you know, he, he accused Forster afterwards of of being uh, you know lacking sportsmanship, and you know, he, he mentioned it again today. So it clearly kind of still rankles. Um, so no, I think Van Dijk will just be a bit of a sideshow on on Saturday. There's there's much more important things, and that's trying to ensure that the, the bit of momentum Liverpool built up with those three wins before the international break is maintained. Now Liverpool don't really want to get a penalty, do they, Andy? Because the record at home <laughs> penaltyed recently. I think it's four in a row they've now missed. I mean, if they do get a penalty, who's taking it? Uh, James Milner is not going to be playing. Well, he, he is in my team because he's <laughs> Yeah, Milner starts for me. We'll come to that in a bit. We'll come he's to that in a bit. If Milner is not on the pitch, who's taking it? <sighs> I mean, it is really. Is Van Dijk on penalties for the Hampton, by the way? I think he, I don't know. Not sure. I mean, the the most Salah one was a sort of I'm just going to whack it here and didn't seem, but I, I never fancied Firmino on them and. You know, there is a. There's not many I really want. Henderson. I mean, if Chan was on the pitch, I wouldn't mind Chan taking it. Well, because he's German. Yeah, that, that's that's by most of my reasoning. <laughs> you've, you've, you've seen through my plan, <laughs> um, and uh, you know, such such as the. Look, we'd still take a pen. I mean, they'd give us a pen. Now we'll worry about who takes it. In the, in the, I mean, there's 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 a little part of me. Wary on the pitch that wants to say Trent because, <laughs> <laughs> but 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 he genuinely strikes the ball better than pretty to be much fair, anyone else. You, you said this that there's no way Klein, for example, will be will be taking that free kick. No, he is a great hand, yeah. he's a great striker of the ball, and he clearly I don't think is bothered by nerves. The you know the that's that's youth for you. Mm. You know you, you you get more nervous as you, as you get get older. Um, but We're speaking uh, from experience, though, <laughs> well, yeah, I probably should be nervous when I come in here, shouldn't I? Um, but um, no, uh, it 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 isn't ideal, but undoubtedly they'll have had a chat and it'll have been decided who is taking the penalties. And I'm certain that James Milner will be on them if he's on the pitch, and there'll be a number two if he's not. James Milner, why is he on the pitch then for you? Well, because Saturday? I just think um, he's done well when he's he's been in. And he's, he's not playing then if he's well, playing there's just this chance that we can get a load of fresh players on the pitch and I think going into this period that'll be important so for me my mid, my midfield would be Coutinho Henderson and Milner and um, uh, Chan played right back for Germany the other night and so I've got no problem with leaving Chan on the bench and Wijnaldum if I'm honest hasn't totally I think being at top form for most of the season for me. He's played. You know, he's, he's been involved in every single game. One Alden. I think that's right. He's the only player who has been. Apart from those games where you just don't spot. <laughs> yeah, he's there. He just, he may he's, have, he's on the pitch. He may have he's been not there. Particularly involved. Um, but there, I mean, that that is a bit facetious. Become a bit cliched, I know. But he is. You know, he he is a fine player at times, and you know, wellied one in. Um, that's his, that's his only goal this season, isn't it? Against Huddersfield, wasn't it? Um, so, uh, you know, but he is the sort of player against a team like Southampton. If if we are struggling to break them down, that get, you know, a late 
getting a late run into the box, he can he can deliver that sort of thing. But I think I I I settle for the front three, you know, as providing most of the damage with Coutinho in the midfield and have Henderson and Milner as sort of solid influences. I mean, James, we spoke a pod earlier this week. We mentioned it just before that I was suggesting that now it's it's a time for Jurgen Klopp to you know horses for courses approach. This is a game where Southampton are going to put. You know, they're going to play the way that they played against Liverpool for all of last season when they didn't concede a goal. Why should they change that? They're going to have, you know, sit back, defend, look to play on the break, look to frustrate Liverpool. Liverpool have had to deal with this several times already this season. I mean, does Jurgen Klopp then pick a team that is going to be primarily attacking and is going to be have, you know, packed with creativity, or is it going to be something a bit different? Uh, yeah, I certainly hope it's one packed with creativity. I think. I haven't seen a great deal of Southampton this season, but what I have seen has been pretty down, to score. be honest. They yeah, they just score. massive lack of goals, but they also don't they don't concede money, do they? Um, they have this. Um, Neil Mellor was speaking to earlier, and he was saying they've got the best, the joint best away record in the Premier right, League. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he certainly got them set up um, really well, and yeah, I think it'd be interesting because obviously a couple of weeks back, Klopp spoke about changing the dynamic in terms of the way that he set them up against West Ham. And although at times it looked like a 4-2-4 that day, he was adamant it was actually 4-4-2. And, that you know, he, I think it was, it was interesting looking at the stats afterwards in terms of the full-backs played a lot deeper than they, than we've seen them play usually. And, you know, I think Klopp, was, was that was that was almost a nod to trying to rein in the attacking instincts a little bit to try and make sure that Liverpool were more robust defensively. And... You know that worked well, but I just think yeah, this is a, feels like a different type of game. Um, you know, Southampton. I think Southampton will will primarily just come to to frustrate and and thwart Liverpool. Um, so yeah, I think I, I really hope that we see Coutinho as one of the three in midfield rather than one of the front three because you know, this isn't a, this isn't a game where you need a midfield three of Henderson, Chan, Wijnaldum, or Henderson, Milner. Uh, when Aldam, I think it's this is a game where Liverpool are going to enjoy an awful lot of the ball, a lot of territory as well, and it will just be down to you know, producing that that quality in the final third to carve them open. Is it a game for Henderson then? I mean, Andy's already said that he'll, he's got him in his midfield. Yeah, I would. I think. I think because there? yeah, I mean, there'll be that will definitely be one that divides opinion amongst the fans because you know because it's Jordan. It's, it's, yeah, I mean, it's yeah. bizarre. You know, a lot of people can't wait to put the boot into him at times, which I find. Find odd, and even in the aftermath of that, the, the great win over West Ham, when you think, you know, no, I, I saw a lot of people saying, "Oh, it was because Henderson wasn't part of the team," which obviously is just ridiculous. But um, yeah, I'd, I'd put him back in um, because I, I also just think because he's, he's fresh. You know, mm. he, he he only had a very minor issue um, that that he that, that ruled him out of the, the England games, and you know, he's had two weeks. At, at, you know, at Melwood, I know when the first week when Klopp gave them time off, um, you know, a lot of them flew all over the world for to take advantage of, of the time off. He was in, uh, in in at Melwood every single day, didn't go away. Um, so yeah, he'll be he'll be ready for this one. And yeah, I just think you know uh, probably you know with not ideal build up to a game with so many players being away, you know, the fact that Henderson hasn't had those demands, I, I think he has to walk back into the side. No, good, sorry. sorry, sorry. I'm just saying. The good thing was Coutinho and Firmino were used to them travelling yeah. thousands of miles on a on a jet plane, um, and uh, 
obviously, the, you know, it was, it was the West Coast Rattler back from London, wasn't it? Where they had a kit. So um, yeah, um, that's how yeah. they refer to it as well, you know. Yeah. Um, so that I mean, that can only help the freshness of the team, and that's why I think. You know, I'd be disappointed if we didn't get a really vibrant performance from Liverpool on, on Saturday because I th- there's the ability to put a team out there that shouldn't be in any way jaded by... Salah didn't play for... Um, he went to London as well, didn't he, I think, on his uh, travels. Um, when you know He didn't go with Egypt. Mane was back over a... You know, it'd be almost a week ago, wouldn't it? Um, OK, he's had the little hamstring injury, but should be fine. And Firmino's... Only had to play about fifteen minutes at Wembley, then that that was it, and then you know, got the train up. So th- there really should be uh, a well rested and raring to go Liverpool side for me. I mean, is there, is there no danger of Liverpool because so many players are going to have not played for a couple of weeks or have very you know minor roles that they may be a little bit rusty? Well, potentially, but I'm only looking at it because obviously it's. The international break, and a lot of the time we talk, as you just said about Firmino and Coutinho, could they be tired? But it's almost like the opposite could be happening. Well, I mean, is could, that, could, that, a lot of those players have just been not been playing. Yeah, he's been coming back from injury, so he would have been glad of the 67 minutes he got. Well, up this Wembley. is the other thing you've got: Henderson, Mane, Coutinho, Dillaball. They're not haven't been fully fit for a, a lot of the season either, have they? No, it's true, but I mean, from what we understand, Henderson's been back full training for a few days. I think he'd, he'd be read, ready to go. Um, I mean, I'm, Matt, just, I'm just, I'm just yeah. playing devil's advocate there because you mentioned before we've spoken about having all those options. Might it yeah. be no, I time don't. to put a few of the, the other ones in or is that for a bit later on? Yeah. So you're looking at Stoke away or whatever the home game is coming up. can't remember what it is. We've got, well, we've well, got the, Chelsea yeah, after Sevilla. Maybe not Chelsea. Chelsea. Yeah. Maybe yeah. not Everton either. Yeah, good point. Yeah, no, I don't think. Because also those, those players you mentioned then, they've only been out for a very short period of time. I think it would be more of a concern if... They hadn't played any football for four, four to six weeks or whatever, but you know it's just it's been a been a been a couple of weeks, minor minor things. Obviously, I think you know, obviously Lallana's the only one that could be could be playing, you know, after a, a long absence. But you know that's why there's absolutely no need to to throw him straight in. I, I can see a scenario where Coutinho starts in midfield with two others, and that in an ideal world, Klopp was either to take was able to take him off roughly the same time he came off at Wembley. Haven't been out for a couple of weeks, say you know, 67, 70 minutes, and then given the and given the last twenty minutes to Lalana to, to you know start building him up towards you know his first start. So um, that's you know that would be the ideal scenario, but it rarely works out like that. Uh, one thing before we finish, Andy, the story broke this week stateside uh, regarding a court case that didn't directly involve Liverpool. You're giving me the easy ones, Ian. Yes, <laughs> easy ones. But it's just, you know, you're the man with the news background. Yeah. Uh, it was, it's basically it's Mill Financial who were interested in taking over Liverpool, yeah, they, damages from RBS and George Gillette. George, yeah, yeah, a name that we don't often mention yeah. in the podcast uh, these days. Yeah, I mean, essentially, George Gillette owed Mill Financial a lot of money and seventy million dollars, I think. It was. Yes, and uh, as part of that. Um, in, he gave them an, an option to buy his share of Liverpool and that they would get notice of it. And um, eventually when Gillette and Hicks sold to... Um, well, eventually were sort of forced to sell to FSG by by the bank. Um, Mill's case was that they, they weren't informed that the sale was going to head till 3.30 in the morning and uh, various other things. But uh, um, anyway, 
the defendants were in the case with George Gillette and the RBS Bank. Um, and RBS, I think, had already been cleared of any wrongdoing. And I think Gillette's now been, been cleared as well. Because essentially, uh, I'm not sure quite where it's up to, but um, the argument from the defendants was that Mill Financial haven't suffered any financial loss here because mm. Gillette's been busy paying off that that money yield them so um, they they aren't out of pocket and uh, well look, and the, the, saying the case has been now been discontinued so it's basically been I think it was last year that the judge you wrote about advised that it should be thrown out of court and has been so incredibly seven years after seven years <laughs> after FSG bought Liverpool it seems that the final legal battle to have that hundred percent secure has been cleared. The uh, the wheels of justice do indeed grind slowly at times. Uh, hopefully the wheels of your mind will grind a little bit quicker now because we'll finish with an easy one. What's the score going to be on Saturday? Um, I actually think Liverpool will play really well on Saturday. Southampton don't give many goals away and don't score many, so I'm not expecting you know, a Christian Wolf-style score. <laughs> but, um, 12. <laughs> I, would, I, would, I think Liverpool... Poor lad, he's not even here to defend himself. I think Liverpool can hit... Can hit three on on Saturday. Hit three, yeah, three, three or four. Uh, and uh, <laughs> just getting out. Just keep on going. Yeah, four or five. Four or five. So I think, uh, yeah, I think Liverpool Six. will be impressive on Saturday. Put Seven it that nil. Way. Is that what you say? No, I'm saying three now. <laughs> James, same question to you. Uh, two one Liverpool. Two one. Yeah, that's that's not as positive as I was expected from you. I, I, I think it'd be quite tight. As we said, they don't give much away. Liverpool tend to give at least one away. Um, so yeah, but I, yeah, I think. I think there'll be a little bit of needles for the game, actually. I think the way Klopp was speaking today and just mentioning that the incident yeah, in the game yeah. back in May, and you know, he, I think one of his quotes was, "You know, it's 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 not a friendly. There's a special relationship between Liverpool and Southampton. I think well, there could be what four former Southampton players in Liverpool's lineup. Um, yeah, I, th- I think I think it'll be a it'll be a decent game. But yeah, I fancy Liverpool to to, to carry on where they left off after uh, from before the internationals." And hopefully we can get two Liverpool teams winning on Saturday as well. For anyone in uh, the Merseyside area, we've got the uh, Derby mini Derby against Everton on Saturday night, seven o'clock, Prenton Park. Um, first, uh, the Reds are in first place in Premier League Two, and Everton, last year's champions, are in second. So it's a top of the table clash. It's free for season ticket holders and members, and only three quid. Um, for adults and a quid for kids if you don't uh, if you're not season ticket holder so get across there after Anfield or after watching the match somewhere. who's going to win that one um, I think Liverpool will win it uh, as well yeah and on that bombshell we shall end thank you for joining us uh, join us next week where we'll look back at the game against Southampton look back at the mini derby just for Andy and also look ahead to the Champions League game in Sevilla cheerio